You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Peacock and Williamson. Get all your NFL news around the league from a former NFL scout and our friend over at Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock. Follow along on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Today on the show, I want to talk about Darnell Savage. And he was someone who became a featured player last year. When Mike Patton decided to change his role and turn him into a little bit more of a robber, center field rover, he became a playmaker. And over the second half of the season, he was one of the best defensive backs in football. Doug Farrar over at NFL Wire, former colleague of mine at Sports Illustrated, put out a list of the best safeties in the league, the 11 best safeties in the league. Adrian Amos, not on it. Darnell Savage, third on the list. Ahead of a lot of guys you may have heard of. Guys like Harrison Smith. And the reason I want to bring this up is because I don't think that the safety play you know, we talked last year about the quality of the safety play a lot and and Savage's evolution and, and the rock-solid play of Adrian Amos. He has become such a better playmaker than Bears fans ever dreamed he could be and, frankly, better than the Bears thought he could be. But this safety position is critical in the kind of defense that the Packers are going to play. And we've spent a lot of time this offseason talking about that cornerback two position. Who's going to be? What is Kevin King going to bring? We probably know. What is Josh Jackson going to bring? We probably know. So how much can Eric Stokes offer to fill that void? But think of what John Johnson III was able to do for the Rams. Think of what Eddie Jackson was for the Bears in Chicago with Vic Fangio, and by the way, with Adrian Amos. Adrian Amos has become a player who transcends scheme precisely because he was really good for Vic Fangio and then became really good for Mike Pettin. But this is a defense Amos knows, and he is the perfect complement for a player like Darnell Savage, a guy very similar in skill set and playmaking ability, instincts, all that stuff, to Eddie Jackson. And I've I've made this comparison before, but you think of those 49er teams with Vic Fangio. You cannot name the corners on those teams. But you know the safeties, Deshaun Golson, Dante Whitner. And the safety position is essential. That the Packers have these two excellent players bodes really well for this defense. 
the Rams were an elite, elite defense last year because they got really good safety play. Obviously, they have this transcendent superstar, all-time great player on the interior to help bolster their pass rush. And they have Jalen Ramsey, who is a physical marvel and the most physically dominant player at his position in football. But Jair Alexander is a monster in his own right. He is not physically imposing the same sort of way, but he is every bit as effective as a cover corner. And you have a very good front for Green Bay with a number of pass rushers, interior and edge guys. And you have these safeties. These safeties that are going to spin down. They're going to show too high and they're going to spin down. And it's going to be single high. And which guy is going to be down? What coverage are they going to be in? Where is the pressure going to come from? I think we're going to see fewer blitzes. And so it's going to mean much more importance on what the back end is doing. And if they're going to play a bunch of cover three, you need that single high safety to be able to get sideline to sideline. Darnell Savage can do that. Adrian Amos can do that. If they're going to play quarters, they're going to play too high. They're going to play cover two in, in whatever too high man underneath. You need those safeties to be elite. And Green Bay has that. It's the reason to be most excited about this defense. Because the Packers have the ideal personnel. And it is the kind of team that can maximize the ability of those guys. Of those particular guys. Darnell Savage was already on the list of breakout players. And, and he broke out, I think, to a degree last year. Second half of the season, he was unbelievable. And really, the NFC Championship game turns when he misplays the ball just a little bit deep down the field on third and 10 to Chris Godwin. And Godwin comes down with it. It goes right through Savage's hands. I mean, he was there to make the play on it. And if he does, it's an arm punt. He doesn't. Godwin gets it. They score. And the game is totally different. Totally different. They need those plays to be made by Savage. And, and they let him be out there on an island. They let him make decisions on where he needed to be at what times. And I think this defense is going to unlock so much of what makes him really good. And having a guy who already knows the defense, who's already played in and thrived in the defense is such a boon for him. And maybe we go back to Adrian Amos, um, pro football focus, God, and uh, underappreciated player by the fans. I hope that's not the case on the latter part. It seems like Packer fans who immediately embraced him precisely because the Bears fans were so ready to show him the door. And it was so satisfying for so many people, myself included. I'll be honest about this. It was particularly satisfying, not just the seasons that he's had, the way that he has won games. He sealed the win in his first game as a Packer against the Chicago Bears. Yes, that was sweet for me. It was vindication because I said all offseason, Amos was more than Bears fans we're touting him as much more, and he has been much more. This Packers fandom 
Cheesehead Nation has embraced Amos. And I'm glad to see that. And it seems like he has embraced them back. I think he had an underappreciated season last year. I was a little surprised that Ferrar didn't have him on his list. He seems like a very Ferrarian guy. Not a Ferrari, but Ferrarian. Surprised that he wasn't on there. Because he was, to me, a top 10 safety last year. And by the way, Pro Football Focus agrees. Having that, having those guys. I mean, think about the Chicago defenses. That second corner, Prince of Mukamara was never a great player. And even when Kyle Fuller was, was sort of up and down. Those safeties mixed with the pass rush made up for it. The coverage disguises helped make up for it. Last year, the Rams, they had Jalen Ramsey. They had John Johnson the third. And then, you know, they're starting an, an undrafted free agent opposite Jalen Ramsey. Now, he ended up playing well. But, you know, not exactly uh, a world beater in terms of talent. It turns out he's he's probably a good player. But I think we'll find out just how good this season when Brandon Staley's not covering maybe as well for those mistakes with wonderful scheme. Now, can Joe Barry perfectly replicate that? You know, we don't know. We don't know. And that's a, that's a huge question because it's one thing to to have the offense. It's another thing to be able to uh, uh, manipulate it in a way that maximizes your team. I mean, think back to the West Coast offense. You know, the first couple people off the Bill Walsh tree, I mean, they crushed it. But the further you got away from Walsh and Holmgren, once you got past Andy Reid, then you're starting. And now we're talking about Marty Morningwig. We're talking about Ray Rhodes and guys that just did not have nearly as much success. You you can't just say, okay, it's the scheme. It is to some degree the scheme. And we're seeing more and more teams go to it. The Rams are moving to it this season as well. But then it becomes like the West Coast offense where you have to have the horses, you have to have the players, and you have to have a coach who can deploy the scheme in a maximally effective way. The good news is when you have players as good as Green Bay does in that secondary, two safeties who are outstanding, Jair Alexander, and you have the the guys up front who can create the havoc that, that Green Bay does. You know, the Rams were an awesome defense last year with, you know, you and me playing linebacker for them. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. And and yeah, the Bears, you know, they had uh, Danny Trevathan. They had early, early proto Roquan Smith. That, that wasn't why those defenses were great. Yeah, the 49ers had uh, Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis, and that made them just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Justin Smith, Alden Smith. I mean, that front was unbelievable. And, and that allowed them to play a certain kind of way, but you don't need that. The Rams showed it last year. The, the Bears, to an extent, showed it with Vic Fangio. Now, they had Khalil Mack at absolute peak of his powers. But that was really, you know, it in terms of the elite talent outside of Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller. Well, guess what? The Packers have that. And they have a better stable of pass rushers than those Chicago teams. But they don't have Vic Fangio. So how big is that delta? And how much can talent cover for that gap? We're going to find out this season. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto is the easiest way to buy car parts online, a process that is normally a major, major 
pain. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Did you know that? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. So I wanted to bring this up um, because, you know, James Jones was on NFL Network and he was talking about what Mark Murphy said. And, you know, he, he tweeted out, you know, R-E-L-A-X and this is not a big deal. But he also he also like quietly threw a little shade at Mark Murphy. He basically said, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't care about this. But if you're if you're someone who has a relationship with Aaron Rodgers, you should know he's not complicated now. OK, I mean, OK, but he said that twice. He said that twice. And he said that he has a really good relationship with Mark Murphy, that Mark Murphy cares about his players, but that Mark Murphy, if he if he had a relationship with Aaron Rodgers, would know that he's not complicated. He said that twice. To me, I read that as, oh, well, Rodgers and Murphy don't really have a relationship, certainly not a close one, the way that James Jones does with Mark Murphy. James Jones says that he talks to Mark Murphy. He calls and asks how he's doing, how the family is. James Jones hasn't played for Green Bay in in a number of years. And yet they maintain contact. Adam Schefter, every Packer fan's favorite reporter, was on NFL Live yesterday. And he he made a a related point. That Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds have gone on TV. They've gone on press conferences and said all of the right things when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. We want him back. He's our guy. We'll do whatever we can. Brian Gutekinds offered a public mea culpa on the handling of Jordan Love and said on the record that he would welcome Aaron Rodgers' input. Those two guys have done and said everything in, in the public eye. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes that you could ask of them to try and lower tensions in this situation. The through line of not being about the people goes back to Mark Murphy. And this goes back to don't be the problem. Don't be the problem, Mark Murphy told Aaron Rodgers when Matt LaFleur was hired. And I think this is another theme. Whether or not Murphy was right to be concerned about that is not the point. It is the delivery of it. If you have someone who is a super duper star, who has become a little disenfranchised with the organization, who generally believes he is smarter than most other people in the room, and who didn't like the last coach and, you know, maybe maybe had some fun at his expense. And you want him to fall in line for the next guy. Maybe that's not the way to go about it. Maybe that's not the thing to say to that guy. Now, that's a lot of assumptions. I, I don't I don't want to just assume that, but like let's let's take all of that. 
And even if even if Aaron Rodgers is a choir boy behind the scenes, the fact that you you feel the need to have to say that probably suggests that he's not. A lot of reporting also suggests that he's not, but that's not the point. The point is, if you want him to be a good Boy Scout for your organization, how is that the proper way to handle it? How is that the way you talk to that guy? Now, Mark Murphy, old school football guy, you know, former union rep back in the day when he was playing. He's he's a he's a player's president, supposedly. And yet he had the weird public comments where he where he sort of refused to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the restructure and and you know it deflected a couple different times rather than just say yeah Aaron Rodgers is our guy and and you know we're we're trying to do everything we can to to make sure he knows that and he's happy there's some you know weird deflections and and we got the you know the less the said is better and but we you know but we're a big fan of Brian Gutekinds he didn't have to answer that guy's question there was another question about Brian Gutekinds that he could have offered his support for in what I'm sure were hundreds of comments and questions about Brian Gutekinds to do it that way was a choice individually these are not catastrophic problems but over time you start to go what's the deal what's the deal and this is something that I, I have talked offline often uh, with America's guest, Jason Hershorn, about. And this goes back a number of years. Remember Bob Harlan and the way that he handled his term as the head of the Packers organization. He was the most beloved man who walked into every room he was in because of how he handled just about every situation. And and for, to be a Packers president is, if you want it to be, a very easy job. Uh, the football team, the football side comes to you and says, this is what we want. The president you know, says to the board, this is what we want. And the board says, yes. This is pretty straightforward stuff. And you handle the behind the scenes stuff. And you do a lot of the things that Mark Murphy has, by the way, handled with a plum. The the uh all of the developments around Lambeau Field, Murphy has helped expand the Packers profitability, their bottom line. And for that, you know, I think he deserves a lot of credit. But this would never have happened under Bob Harland. And one of the reasons is he understood that the role that he played was not head of football operations in the in the way that like you hear oh uh someone is they're not the gm they have some senior vice president sort of title but they're they're calling the shots with the football side that's not what bob harlan did that's not really the intended role of that position and it is the case that for years, including under Bob Harlan, that the president had the power to hire and fire the GM, and the GM was given the power to hire and fire coaches. Now, with the with the exception of Mike Sherman, who was given both powers until he was ultimately stripped of those powers, that is the way it has always been done. Mark Murphy 
has diverted from that path. He has taken a more hands-on approach to football operations. And this is something that has been reported out. And I'm not just saying this to say it. This has been reported multiple times, multiple places, that he has become a little bit more involved. And he changed the structure of the organization when Ted Thompson was transitioned out of the GM role. He siloed things off. And I said, look, this is not a problem. Uh, unless and until it becomes one. <laughs> but also because... Look, uh, the, the GM is the GM and he's going to still do the GM things and then the coach is still the coach. And it is actually nice, in fact, to have a, a president, to have a single voice that says, I'm in charge and I get to settle all disputes. The reason you don't do that is because that person is not benevolent. And now that that is also true in just a more linear structure, if the GM wants to do a thing and you have someone like Bob Harlan, Bob Harlan is not going to take the football approach and just say, well, I don't think that's the right thing to do. No, the GM was hired to do a job. And so the GM is going to do that job. But when it comes to managing personalities, if there seems to be a problem, that's where your president has to be able to step in. They have to be able to come in and say, Look, we got we to gotta iron this out. We got to figure this out. Aaron Rodgers is clearly unhappy. And the writing has been on the wall. I mean, at the very least since 2018, but probably before that. And you, you have to have some conversations. You have to keep him in the loop. And, and th this is a two-way street, okay? Because we, we do not have any indication that Aaron Rodgers has asked for powers that he has not been granted, asked to offer input on things and has been ignored. Now he has had takes. Jay Kumro is a great example. He was on the radio. Well, where is, where is the evidence that he went to his coaches or his GM or his president and voiced those feelings? It reminds me of the opening scene in Crash, which is a movie that has aged very weirdly where Ludacris and his friend are sitting at a table and, and one of them is complaining about not getting a, a particular kind of, sir, I believe it's water. And his friend says, you didn't order any water. He said, yeah, but they just brought water or maybe it's bread. It doesn't matter. But the point is at one point the friend says, you didn't get anything that you didn't ask for. So what are you upset about? So it's like, okay, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you didn't ask for this input, can you really complain that you weren't given it? Now, the flip side would be, okay, superstar player. Um, other teams are going to Patrick Mahomes and saying, hey, what do you think about this? It's just, it's like the old, I've used this example before. You, you're, you want the person you're living with you don't want them to just take out the garbage all the time. You can take out the garbage sometimes, but you want them to want to take out the garbage. You don't want to have to ask. You don't want to have to ask. They should just know when the garbage is full, take it out. The Packers should just know Aaron Rodgers, superstar, most important player on the field. Yeah, maybe his input could be valuable to you. Maybe you should ask about these certain things. 
So I don't want to I don't want to, you know, lay all the blame on one side or another. But I'm just saying what Mark Murphy has done is he has changed the paradigm in Green Bay. He has put that responsibility on himself. And profitability wise, yes, he's done a great job. And look, Brian Gutekunst, that was the right thing to do. Brian Gutekunst has been an exemplary personnel man. And Mark Murphy, by all accounts, was the one who picked Matt LaFleur. And Matt LaFleur has been an awesome coach. But the ways in which he has diverted from the Bob Harlan paradigm and approach is where this has come to become a problem. Because Mark Murphy is not, it seems, helping these situations by injecting himself in them. Harlan would not have done that. He would have stayed back because it's the GM responsibility to handle the personnel in the front office. And it's his responsibility to make sure that the organization is running optimally, which includes managing egos. And when you're a president who does not get involved in the football side, now you don't have a stake because you didn't help make those decisions. You're just trying to see things a little bit more objectively. And you can go to Aaron Rodgers and say, look, I get it. And I'll talk to them. And this is going to get ironed out. And you're, you're dealing with these relationships for, for years. And because you don't have a stake in the outcome, you know, Mark Murphy handpicked Brian Gutekunst. So Mark Murphy has a stake in this. Now, sure, Harlan technically, you know, would have would have hired a GM, but it, it's a different kind of process when now you've changed the organizational structure, everyone reports to you, and you become more hands-on. The context is importantly different. And so in a way, Murphy has brought all this extra scrutiny on himself. Now, is it is it the structure's fault? I don't think so. I don't think the structure of this is bad. It's that the personalities have not been managed well. They've not been managed well, and we know that. The reality is there's really no way to fix that part of it because Mark Murphy is not going anywhere. And according to him, either is Brian Gutekunst. And we know Matt LaFleur is not. So that leaves Aaron Rodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Comes in nine delicious flavors. In addition to limited time flavors, and every time they come out with a new flavor, they seem to be trying to outdo their last flavor. And somehow, somehow they do it. And you still have the old standbys, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel to be there when you need it. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and yet they are low fat, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are not going to blow up your calorie count for the day. Use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs baseball, basketball, the NHL, the UFC, MMA, golf, the US Open right around the corner. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in baseball, basketball, of course, already in the mix for the playoffs, Stanley Cup heating up 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We use the promo code locked on, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you by Locked On Today. No, this isn't another ad read. This is just me promoting my show. The Nets are down one star. Can Kevin Durant carry them past the Bucks? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, we've got Hayden Winks, fantasy guru, on the show this week. Uh, free, we talk a little fantasy football. We did some fantasy last year. People were into it. Um, you can send him your questions. Um, and uh, he's he's a really smart, uh, really analytic person. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to get him on the show um, because I think he's able to explain things in ways that that make sense. And uh, yeah, I think I think you're going to like it. So check that out coming up later this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.